0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Most people like me, Jerry Browning, in my business, private detective, don't get rich. But sometimes they get to handle an awful lot of money. Don't stay long, Mr. Browning. Jared is a very sick man. I understand. I'll make it as fast as possible. The old man on the bed was little more than a pair of dark, alert eyes and the fierce will to live a little longer.
1: But time you got here, Brownie. Can't expect your man to hang on forever, you know.
0: I smiled at him. You got a long way to go, Mr. Jarrett, so take it easy. The old man tried to prop himself up on an elbow. Failed.
1: He's a liar, Brownie. But I'll overlook it this time. I'm as good as dead and you know it.
0: The big dark eyes burned into mine.
1: You an honest man, Browning?
0: I grinned at him. Reasonably honest, Mr. Jarrett. I make more money that way. The ancient head nodded.
1: You do, Browning. Call in John Pettit. He's my confounded lawyer in t'other room. Aim to make me a new will. I'm leaving you all my money. Close to a million. I'm leaving you a job. You find out who that money rightfully belongs to, and you take off it as much as you think is coming to you for a fee. And don't forget, you're an honest man.
0: A dying man willed me a million dollars and told me to find out who should really get the money. Three weeks later, Jarrett's lawyer and I faced a room full of Jarrett's relatives. Under the provisions of the late Mr. Jarrett's will, Mr. Browning here is the sole legatee. Jarrett's nephew jumped to his feet. You can't get away with this, Browning. We'll go to court. Have the will broken. I shrugged. Take it easy, everybody. I intend to follow Jarrett's instructions. Find out who really deserves the money. as soon as I figure it out, you'll all hear from me. Later, I had a private conference with John Pettit, the lawyer. You have a great responsibility, Mr. Browning. One I don't envy you. (laughs) I know just what you mean. I've got a million bucks, only none of it's mine. And I haven't the slightest idea of how to find out who should have it. I assume you're considering Mr. Jarrett's quite considerable number of relatives? Yeah. But I can't help thinking. If Jarrett wanted any of his relatives to have the money, why didn't he leave it to him directly? That, Mr. Browning, is for you to determine. I spent the next couple of weeks ducking reporters and running investigations of Jarrett's relatives. He had two brothers, a sister, a flock of nephews and nieces, and a couple of dozen cousins of a sort of degree. Jarrett's relatives checked out like people anywhere. Some high-minded, some selfish, some honest, a few not so honest. I tried to project myself into the mind of a dying old man. At a moment like that, he'd be trying to square his conscience, make amends of some kind, maybe repay somebody he'd cheated. Okay, but why couldn't his lawyer handle that? Why did he need a detective unless... Right there, I knew I had it. Jarrett picked a detective because there was crime involved. Now all I had to do was find the crime. Two days later, I was on a plane bound for Casper, Wyoming. It had taken me that long to find out where Jarrett had originally made his money, and where a man makes his money is the general area in which his conscience sometimes bothers him. Over the years, I've learned that for certain kinds of information, the place to go is a tavern or bar. And at the Silver Dollar Cafe... Henry Jarrett, no can't say ever here to him, but I'm kind of a stranger in these parts. Only been tending this bar 18 years. Reckon you better ask Pop Bentley. He's an old-timer. Well, I find Pop Bentley. You'll find him sleeping on the sunniest part of the porch. When I finally located Pop and roused him, he cocked a shrewd eye at me.
1: Judge? Nope, don't remember him. But, uh... If when I had a few drinks, it uh, might jog my memory.
0: The old-timer's idea of a few drinks was a full bottle. But after a while, his tongue loosened.
1: Yep, 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 that Hank Jarrett was a one. He didn't sell out his claim like some t'other fellers. And that Hank, him and Joe Rawson, I reckon they must took out close to a million in dust. Tell anybody ever known where the place it was. Lots of fellers tried following him. <laughs> tried to myself one time. Led me up and down the desert and finally lost me. <laughs> Almost died of thirst before I got back. <laughs> yep, that Hank Jarrett is a smartin'.
0: He sure must have been. By the way, what became of Joe Lawson?
1: He died.
0: More than one fiddler died back in them days. Weren't good manners to ask just how. I get it. Pop, how would you like to try to locate the Jarrett claim with me? Sure would for $10 a day. Who in the world ever heard of prospecting from an aeroplane? It's a different world, Pop, and I've got to save time. It was at the sixth lonely, deserted plane that we investigated that we finally found what I was looking for.
1: Yep. This one's it. And here's where Hank buried his partner after shooting him in the head.
0: All right, Pop. Cover up the grave again. This is all I needed to know. Locating Lawson's family was a job all by itself, but strictly routine, even though it took three months. I had a tough time explaining to them why they were suddenly worth a million dollars, but not nearly as tough as the time I had with Jarrett's relatives. In the end, I had to tell the relatives the truth, that Jarrett had been a murderer and would be branded one if there was any lawsuit over his money and settled it, there was no lawsuit. As for me, I could always claim that I had been worth a million dollars once. Like I said, it isn't how much money you've got that matters, but how much of it you can really call your own.